Yeah, man. Thanks so much. Thanks. All right, everybody. So uh, we got a seventh inning stretch for like a second, and then we're back in it. So I know a lot of you guys are out and about on the go. We still have a ton of people in here, which is super cool. Um, we got someone that uh, is one of my very, very good friends. Uh, actually, like one of the first people that I've actually ever coached uh, or at least helped. Skyler uh, was going to be Green Line Home Services. This guy was going to do everything. He was going to cut lawns. He's going to deliver your groceries. And he's going to paint your house. And then we had a conversation and I told <laughs> and I told him, I said, man, why don't you just do, do, do painting? And, uh, you know, he, he, he took that to heart. And uh, now this guy's a painting powerhouse. Uh, I call it whenever he calls me, I say, uh, what's up, PGH powerhouse? Cause that's what he is. I like Skyler's story and that's what I hope that he's going to share today. I'm going to be here kind of with him guiding that story, but making sure he gets the good stuff out. Um, Skyler, uh, owns PGH painters in, uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, they do a fine job of just crushing it. Here's why I brought Skyler on here. Number one, he has had a really nice steady increase of gross sales up until about last year. Then he hit like this crazy growth uh, that I'll let him share the details on. Um, one thing about him is that he started with employees. He realized that wasn't a good fit for him and he transitioned to subs. Those of you who know me, I'm an employee guy, but I always appreciate another way of doing business. So, you know, that's worked for him. It might work for you. Uh, so I'll let you take it away. Skylar, man, give us a little synopsis of uh, who you are, what you do and how you're going to bring some value today. Sweet. Thank you, Tanner. Uh, appreciate the intro and the event, man. Um, the marketing guys earlier gave me like a long list of things to do that brought it top, top of mind for sure. Um, so just to get started, I really just want to like kick off how I kind of got into this business and, and where it started. Um, so I didn't like come in with some grand business knowledge. I really had no clue what I was doing. Um, basically came in on a low note. I, I was in college, ended up dropping out of college, um, did a couple years there, ended up moving back home with the family and had to figure out what to do. And uh, basically what I ended up doing is I found, a, I found a small job and after that I connected with a handyman. And basically he would pick me up every day and drive me around and I'd be fixing toilets and odd jobs. And a lot of times just driving around and that's when I, I got my first start kind of painting. Up until then, I've, I did like a couple, you know, house interior projects uh, for, for my family. And I absolutely hated painting. I was so terrible at it i didn't have the patience for it and basically with this this handyman a couple months later he knew i wanted to start my own thing and i was i wanted to get into something and like you were saying i had like a landscaping company in high school i'd like knock doors and sell mulch jobs and he gave me the opportunity to paint a apartment for three grand and i was like oh man i'm gonna be i'm gonna be rich because at this time i was making probably 14 bucks an hour working with this guy and this was just five years ago. He gave me this apartment for three grand and it took me a month to paint. I believe it was a two bedroom apartment because that's exactly where my, my painting skills were at. Um, I really had no clue what I was doing. It took me, I think, close to a week just to paint the ceiling. So that's kind of how I found my, my start in this industry. And I liked that opportunity to get paid for some of that delivered, even though I had no clue what I was doing. At least I was kind of in control. If I could get better, get faster, I could make more money. So I kind of started building on that, started my own company. And uh, just to give you an idea what that that first year looked like, I I kind of hired my buddy from high school and we had a 
like a four door Subaru and we would load up the trunk in the back seat and we would just drive around and we would do small jobs like painting interiors of garages or just one bedroom. Um, at that point, I wasn't even willing to like take on multiple bedrooms because it was, it was just too overwhelming for me at that point. And, uh, kind of just slowly built it up towards that now. And, uh, kind of where we're at now is this is now, this will be going into our fifth year right now. Um, the second year, what it kind of looked like is I, I met Tanner. I started getting, getting some mentors and, uh, we, Tanner explained to me the, the idea of hiring four painters. So that way I could be half with the painters, half out doing sales and, uh, drumming up new business. So that's kind of, I kind of was like, all right, I'll run with this. And I went ahead and, and put that into work and we had a huge jump that year. Um, the year after that, I basically just doubled that exact same model and I had eight painters running around. Uh, I think we had three separate crews and I did that for two more years. And the second year I kind of messed around. I, I do some real estate stuff as well. And I started like a small real estate business and that made us stay the exact same size again. And that taught me a really big lesson about just trying to focus. Um, Kind of like how Tanner was mentioned before, when I first started the company, I wanted to do all these things. And then I said, all right, I'll just do the painting. And uh, by the way, we, all, we only do residential. And for a while, we only did interiors. Then we added exterior. And then we actually just added cabinets last year. Um, but that taught me another lesson. I, I tried to start another company when I was running the painting company as well. And the, the painting company didn't, go, do, didn't do bad, but we sat at the exact same numbers of the year we did before. Um, and then last year we we doubled again, crossed the million dollar uh, threshold. So, yeah, I mean that's just a quick uh, quick quick Love background it, man. there. Love it. And you know the story is interesting because you know you did take my advice. You did you know add some employees. You know what are some of the challenges that you ran into with employees? Because that's ultimately what triggered you to switch to subs. Um, so why don't we talk about some of the challenges of employees? Because if everybody could just recruit employees, you know, it's easy, but it's not, um, dive into that a little bit because there's a reason you, you have very few employees now. Yeah. So I'll say up until last year, I was very afraid of, of, uh, taking on subcontractors because I feel like I didn't have enough control of them. I was just going to have random people running around my jobs and, you know, I was very concerned. I wanted to deliver a great experience and, and product to my clients, and I didn't want to lose that control. So, but I was at the same time, I was feeling a ton of pain because we've, I think the year before last, I got to the end of the year and we still, we sent out probably around 25 W2s and the size of the team at the end of that year, I think we had three people currently employed here. And, uh, I'm looking at this pile of 25 W2s. And I was like, I can't believe I hired this many people this year. Uh, most people never made it past a week. And then what I found is we would invest a ton of time into the guys that were good and, and we, they'd become crew leaders. And then six months after that, after they're running their own crew, and I, I'm on type of guy after like someone proves themselves, I give them a ton of responsibility. So these guys were really like running their full jobs. I was having them order their own paint, collecting checks. Yeah, I was letting them do kind of everything. And then I think what happened is they just said, you know, well, Skyler taught me all these great things. I'll just go out and start my own painting company because they knew how to, how to run a paint crew. just not how to sell and market and all the other important stuff. So I kept losing guys like that. And uh, 
yeah, I needed to find a solution because I had a lot of work that I could sell. We had built a really good reputation, but we just couldn't produce. Um, it's super hard to sell an exterior when it's March and you're saying, well, I'm hoping we can get it done, you know, by, by August. Um, customers don't, don't want to hear that. And I was losing sales because of it. When it comes to what the transition point was. So you went out, I think you did like a tour. So you went out you met with Nick Slavic, you met with Jason Paris, you met with Brad um, Ellison, who'll be speaking up next. Uh, and you know, what did you gather from these guys that shifted your mindset? Cause you were just kind of just like treading, 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 treading. And then dude, after you met with them, after you got some information, right. It's all the changed information changes situations. Then you skyrocketed, man. It was like this pivot point. There has to be something that just shifted your brain to say like, okay, it gave you confidence. What was it? Yeah. Well, the first thing I saw was all these people running extremely successful companies running a subcontractor model. Um, so then I like had the belief that I could do the same thing. Um, Cause I don't think the belief was there before then. I said, you know, maybe that works for those guys, but not for me. But when you actually go in person and you're looking at these guys operations, um, you it, t- it takes it from like that, that pie in the sky thing, like, oh, that's nice, but I, I can't do that. And then when you're actually sitting there and you're, you're looking at it, you're thinking, you know, this isn't, this isn't something that's impossible. These guys just, you know, followed a framework and, and made it work. And it really just brought that belief that I could do the exact same thing. Um, I think a lot of it's like, not even just the information, but just like actually seeing it for my, myself and like with my own eyes just being around it and saying, you know, I can be, I can be like these people as well. Um, so it also made me think of like, you know, you know, how, how am I going to present myself? How am I going to run myself? And, and those kind of questions as well. You really professionalize your brand though. If you have ever seen any of Skylar's branding, he's got all the vans, uh, they got, are they wrapped? We got them, we got them like partially wrapped. Partially wrapped. Right. I mean, everything's super clean. You have this avatar, the Pittsburgh paint guy, you really like, you really focus heavily on the branding. And I think we just have got to understand that like this stuff matters. And I think the vehicles being around town, the yard signs, like, I think you have some of the coolest branding in the painting business. If you guys want to check out uh, Skyler's branding, just type in pghpainters.com and you'll see he's got like the super cool logo. You know, it, it's all super just, it's just fun. It's like a fun brand. Do you find that your customers attract to that? Like, I mean, do you feel as though that how, how much of a difference is that making for you from what you've seen? I, I think it's huge. Um, so for example, I, I go out on a quote last week and walk them through our process. I, I don't do some crazy, uh, you know, I think I do a good job of sales, but I'm not like some crazy hardcore closer or anything like that. But with hitting them with all of like the value points, like you were talking about earlier with the, you know, plus five on every single thing. We just want to seem like we're extremely professional company and and that's what they can expect. So whenever I get out there, it's already like the job is already sold. Like as long as, unless they had to, you know, there are some other great companies in my area. Um, But a lot of times I'm going out and I'm giving a quote and my competitors have already been there and the, they just lack confidence that those companies can even get it done. Even if I come in and I'm, twice the price of the next guy. You know, a lot of the homeowners I'm dealing with, like they just want to make sure they're going to hire one guy that's going to get done 
and it's going to be it's going to be right. And with hitting them with all of those different things going on, they see the rap bands, they see the website, they see the emails. Um, I come out with my my nice iPad, I give them a nice little presentation. There is no that the next step is going to be just as professional as what they've already seen instead of taking a a gamble on uh you know a guy that just shows up and you know maybe gives them a quote maybe not right i love it i got some questions rolling in guys bring your questions uh if anybody wants to talk and raise your hand that's a nice change of pace so if you want to come in ask scholar a question some areas or expertise for scholar would be transitioning into cabinet painting so he's doing some mm -hmm. cabinet painting now um uh finding subs that's a big one if anybody in here aligns with what scholar's going through uh, let's bring it in. So I'm going to go through a couple questions here. Uh, number one, how did you find most of your subs? Did they have experience or did you have to train them from scratch? So pretty much all of our subs, um, some of them come through referral. A lot of times we're just posting on Craigslist and we're also uh, putting ads up in the Sherwin Williams and also talking to Sherwin Williams reps uh, to see who they have on their account that may be subcontractors. And after that, we'll bring them in, we'll talk with them, and uh, we'll give them a try on the job, and it's just watching them super closely. But a lot of these guys, like you can already tell when they show up, just like how when I go out and I meet with a homeowner, they can already tell like, hey, this company's legit, they're going to do a good job. Um, so you see, like when a guy rolls up to a shop, I see what kind of vehicle he's driving. Um, is right. he driving a nice paint fan, or did he show up in a, you know, a $2,000 like little sedan that's, you know, all covered in paint? And I mean, that's how I started. And I would not want me four years ago going out and painting my customers' houses. Um, so a lot of times we'll see that. And it's really great because you kind of de-risk yourself. Like I have a bunch of vans sitting here. Um, I have to fill them up with the equipment. I got to pay the insurance. I got to pay the gas. You know, stuff's breaking on them every single year. I got to pay all those bills. And whenever I switch to the sub-model, my, you know, I partner with these guys. They work with me essentially full-time. Um, but all that stuff is on them. I deal with one guy, I give him a set price or, you know, we agree for a price on a job and, uh, he has the van, he has all the equipment, he has his guys. I'm not, instead of me dealing with four guys, like I was before with the employee model, I just have one guy that's my direct contact and he handles all those other guys. So. People want to know about the vans that you have wrapped. What are you doing with them? If you're not using employees? Um, so honestly, right now we have, so we have three wrap vans. One of them is still in use uh, by Kirk, who's our, our lead cabin painter and does all of our cabinets. And then the other two vans um, will be getting put to work this year with a uh, salesperson and project manager. Very good. Put, put yeah. them to use. Um, yep. Let's look at, so uh, what do you see over here? What's the, what's the normal cost split for the subs? Um, so it really depends on the job, but pretty much we're usually right at 40%. And uh, then we provide for, we provide all the paint to the sub. We order all of that stuff, uh, coordinate that. And then they have to supply all materials. So tape, plastic, rollers, anything like that um, is on them to manage. Beautiful. Um, do your subs wear your uniforms? Do you have them? Do you have them in PGH shirts? Um, it's not like a strict requirement, but we do give all the sub crews tons of free T-shirts uh, with our logos on them. So most of the time, they they're pretty much always wearing them. Um, sometimes they'll be in some Sherwin Williams gear as well, but we do require them to wear wear white. 
I got a, a hand raised. Caesar, I'm bringing you in, bro. Just a heads up. See if he, I don't know. He raised it a little while ago. I don't know if he's, he's still able to talk. Caesar, did you have a question? Give me another second. Okay. Um, Elijah, did you want to jump in? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yep. Yep. Perfect. So I just got called out to a Main Street job uh, downtown right across from the courthouse. The guy had a three-story brick building that was previously painted blue that now he wants it to, to be brick again without using any chemicals to strip it. So he either wants it painted to look like brick or I was looking into sandblasting it. I've never sandblasted and I did a little bit of research to try to find someone who did sandblasting and this was my concern for subbing that out when reading their website they talk about them doing painting as well and the other services and so i'm i'm afraid of trying to have them come out and losing the job to them from the customer so that's a good one dude how do you go about that yeah so the first thing i'd say is if this isn't something you normally do like if this if someone called me for that job i would just say that's not something we're interested in doing um I know like what our, what our alley is. And for me, like I go out, I sell the job. And then on the after point, I, I pair that with a subcontractor. So I know my subcontractors, I know what their ability is. So, and I also know essentially what their, how much money they want to make. So like I price out all the jobs for that. And then I give them on the back end to them and they just show up. So, so most times the, the pretty much, Actually, never the subcontractor is going out before the job is sold to look at the job. Okay, well, this would be the first contractor I've ever interacted with or subcontracted out. I've never delved into this. So what would be your advice? Because I would like to try the job uh, and subcontract that out. I'm meeting with him tomorrow to see what you want to do. So how would I go about doing that for the first time? I mean, if you want to bring him in, I would just I would just go down there meet with him um, and, and take a look at the job and, and see what he has to say, make sure it's in his capability. Uh, but I mean, as long as there's a good understanding there, I find most guys aren't really trying to like cut you out, especially if you have, you know, connections and you can give him more work in the future. Um, even if someone were to come with me, people come with me uh, for cabinets sometimes. And, you know, we do cabinets super well. And if someone brings me a lead for cabinets and says, Hey, uh, can I subcontract you out on this? We'll we'll do that as long as we get our normal rate. And I have no problem with that guy making whatever he makes um, off that margin. So unless this guy I, is like really snaky, it's probably not going to happen. I would, I would say this too, dude, uh, Elijah, man, like you really got to know who you're working with. But if they, if this is the one opportunity you give them and they turn around and sell your job, if they see the short-term gain in doing that versus the long-term gain in the relationship they could be building with you, then you did yourself a favor by not bringing them on board because that's just foreshadowing maybe what they're going to do in the future. So I don't know. I think if you build those long-term relationships, Brad is actually coming up next. And I think he was, he's going to hit heavily on this, but probably something I wouldn't worry about with someone uh, in my network for sure. If you don't mind, last question about this. How do I charge that? Do I get their price, mark it up 10% and add it to the bid? Or how do, how do I, what's the pricing on that? That's, that's completely up to you. Uh, how, how much profit I guess you need to think you need to make on them. Um, 
but like if I'm subbing out a job, we're making our goal for gross profit is 50%. So. Love it. Uh, we got a couple more questions and then, uh, and then Brad is uh, coming up. So uh, what does your sales process look like when you get to a customer's house? Can you walk us through that? Do you use print media, presentation, iPad? Is there any softwares you have? Yeah. So, I mean, we're using uh, strip jobs, company cam. Um, so basically if I'm going into a house, I'll first I talk with a customer. We usually walk the job while we're walking the job. I will, uh, kind of paint a picture in their mind of how we're going to to handle their project and what it's going to go like. I asked them if they've ever you know, hired a professional painter before um, and kind of walk them through all the expectations and kind of just build expectations and also try to see if there's anything they might be worried about, maybe asking about previous contractors they worked with um, to see if there's any pain there uh, that could be helpful when not going to close the job. After that, I will, depending on the job type, I'll usually pull up I have a big iPad and I will go through and go through photos and videos um, of jobs similar to theirs and just kind of walk them through the process. I don't do that as much for interior and exterior, but for cabinets, I kind of walk them exactly through the process and send them a little video of every single part of the, the process there. Um, and then after that, I just write up a quote on drip jobs and I run them through the details and, uh, you know, ask for the close. So. Love it. Love it. Uh, got time for a couple more questions. Uh, and then we're bringing in Brad Ellison. So any of you guys got any more questions for Skyler? Uh, pop them in now. You can raise your hand if you want to, uh, to chat. I'm just reading through them real quick. I'll, um, I'll touch on something quick. Um, same day. So, Brandon, put in, you hit something else. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've kind of like built this. I'll just, so I do a thing. It's called vacation every month. Um, I'm in uh, month 26 now, and it's, it's taking me a while to get this. My first couple of years in this business, I was, I was extremely, extremely stressed out, um, especially in the wintertime. So for a lot of people, this is a slow, slow season. And I found myself in previous years getting extremely stressed in the winter, uh, trying to keep everyone busy. And, you know, I've, I've slowly changed my mindset on that to where I can go ahead and enjoy the slow times. Um, Instead of trying to like push like crazy in January, I'll I'll take vacations. Um, I'll try to stay as busy as we can, but it's a it's a huge like uphill battle um, in the slow times. So what I like to do is I, I kind of like to take a a step back, um, you know, maybe take a trip, gain some new perspective, and really like hit it hard when the when the times are good, because um, the effort that you put in uh, in the slow times is great if you're building stuff on the back end, but like if you're just trying to push revenue um, in the winter. It can be it can be super tough, at least where I'm at. And uh, if I put that same effort in summertime, I get a, I get a 10x uh, return. But here it's like wintertime. I'm getting like a, a 2x return, if anything. So I try to be you know pretty intentional in that um, and uh, take some stuff off. I know I can be really hard on myself as a business owner if I'm not you know in that like grind space of, of getting stuff done. So. Boom. Love it. Well, Skylar, we appreciate you. There's going to be an opportunity for you to jump in the uh, chat. If you want to hit on uh, some of the other questions that come in. Um, so thank you, brother, for sharing your story, sharing uh, the things that uh, 